my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this for the week of February 25th, 2024. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 704. There's no guest. It's just me sitting here in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. I'm in uh, my hotel uh, in I'm I am in near the Harvard campus. Um, I'm doing a show tonight at this place called Zone Three. And uh, headline in that show. And I'm excited. It's fun. This is a nice town. Boston has always, um, for me, been like an interesting town. I don't know if I've had a fascination with it, but it's a big city. It's a major city. So the the last time I was here, the first and only time I was here uh, when was when I um, came up to see Bill Burr, Bill Burr do his Wilbur Week um which is i believe it was 2015 and he did a run of shows i think somebody broke the record recently maybe not too long ago but he did a couple of weeks of of shows and it was really cool uh so i got to see a couple of those and that was fun uh and then i feel like i had my best uh chinese food experience the best chinese food i ever had here i don't know where it was uh but it was just i think uh paul verzi and i had a we after the show we went down and somewhere downtown boston and it was fantastic um i just we had like general souls and dumplings it was it was great but whatever place that is i i don't know the name of it and i was telling the comic last night that I said, yeah i think i had the best uh, Chinese food I ever had in my life and she was like no you didn't I was like no it was good I liked it so I'm here 
Um, the hotel's nice. It's this place called the. Uh, it's called Studio Austin. I've never heard of it, but I think it's like a. It's. I I don't know if it's a boutique hotel, but it's kind of like like this elevated hipstery lo-fi kind of hotel it's almost like it's a an upgraded dorm room almost i'm in a i have a king size uh bed uh it's nice but it almost feels like i'm too old to be here even though i just came down from getting the a free continental breakfast. You see how, see how I live, you guys. My life is like a movie. Um, <laughs> I got some, I got some fruit cups. I got an apple, and I got a muffin. And uh, it's pretty good. But there were people older than me. But I, um, it just, there, I feel like I saw some kids walking around too. But. The area is really nice. It's almost like it it seems like it's on the come up. You have to if you think about all these universities that are in Boston, like Harvard, uh, BU and MIT and all these other schools, you got to think like these parents are spending all this money for the for their kids to go to school. That has to go somewhere. And they have to keep this area nice. They have to keep this region of where all the kids are going to school nice. That's my theory. I don't know anything about uh, the topography of Boston or anything that goes on with their legislation. Excuse me. I'm just saying as an observer, that's what it looks like. And the view from my hotel room, I'm only only on the second floor and uh I'm right next door to the Boston Public Works, and it's like a bunch of sand. It's like a, I don't know where you where do you, what do you call the place where they keep sand? It's a bunch of sand. It looks like they're doing they are doing construction uh, all over the area, but it's really nice. I I like it. Um, last night I was supposed I was so I got here a day early, and. Um, I, I uh, had booked the hotel for two nights and I went and I was like, oh, I don't have anything to do. And I was just talking to a friend and he was like, why don't you just try to go do a, a mic or a show? Hit somebody up, try to do it. So I hit up the booker um, for uh, for this who books me for tonight. He's a comic. And I was like, hey, is there anything, you know, is there anything going on Uh tonight any shows i could hop on do a guest spot or something and he's like yeah i know i know a guy i'll hook you up and um yeah so i got on i got on this show uh in downtown boston uh hideout comedy um which is run by monica carroll and chris post and so chris was kind enough to say hey yeah just come on down and he, I was like, is there parking? I was like, how's parking? He's like, oh, it's pretty good. It's like, it's kind of hit or miss. But if you, if you park at the Haymarket parking garage, you can get validated for three bucks. I was like, bet. So I was like, I'm there. And it was only like 20 minutes away. Um, Cause this hotel that I'm at is close, close to the venue. 
um, a minute, like a five minute walk from the venue. So and a minute drive. So I went down there. It was really nice. It's like kind of like the tourist. It's like the tourist area of Boston. That's really like seems it seemed to be really chill, but it was like a 730 show. So I get down there and I walk into the bar and I was like, uh, I was like hey, I'm here for the comedy show. And they're like, yeah, it's upstairs, you know, and I went upstairs and it was like the bar downstairs was nice. But then I go upstairs. It's like this really nice like it is kind of like a hideout. Maybe that's why they call it hideout comedy. But um, it, it was like a really cool upstairs room where they had a little stage and it had like a room. It was just like space all around with the bar uh like in front of the how do you say so you're if you're on stage and the bar is like right in front of in this the bar is in the center of the room and they have uh an area all around so it's it's really cool i i I had a good time um i did i only did a guest spot so i did like seven minutes so i just tried to fucking crush hard uh, there was this uh, black crowd. There's no, it wasn't a black crowd. It was predominantly mainly white people, a couple of a couple of POCs, and there are these three black people there uh, in the front. And uh, one of the comics was trying to like, you know, how you kind of like try to lengthen your mic cable, and he like did it by accident. He's like, "Oh my god, I almost whipped you guys." during Black History Month. Uh, so, and I don't know if they were tired of me and nobody really messed with them, but they were the only black people. And this, the one, one guy, when I finally got up on stage, I was like, oh, so you you guys are the only black people here. But I wasn't, I was like, I'm not going to shit on you. I just, I just uh, uh, was just thinking, I was just using them to get into a bit that I wanted to do. And uh, it worked, but like the the guy, the guy in um, the black guy was a black guy and two uh, black women, young black women. I think they were co-workers. And I just said, no, I'm not going to shit on you guys. I know I know so and so comic tried to whip you guys. And he was like, oh, he's like, don't he was kind of looking like don't pick. I was like, I'm not going I'm not going to mess with you. the dude actually looked like one of my uh, best friends. And uh, yeah, but they were they were nice. And I had a, I had a fun a fun set and it was good to to do uh to do a show kind of like a warm-up show for me before tonight um so i had a really good time and uh i went to this place i had found out about online uh, i'm staying this place that i'm in they call it alston if you look on your if you look on your um it's like 20 15 20 minutes I guess from down to, from downtown, but that's what they do with these major cities. They break it up into neighborhoods and different areas and all that stuff. And I I like when you're in another region, how the things that they do are that are germane to the city. Like uh, I saw a rowing like a public rowing facility. It was really nice. I something I'd probably never do, but. It just seemed cool. I was like, oh, it's just like I think I talked about it one time on the pod where I was driving through upstate New York and the further north that I you get, you see stuff different. Instead of you, my, normally you'd see a kid playing basketball, but you're driving, you see a kid with a lacrosse stick, you know, 
I thought that I like that. I just like being in. I love this country is what I'm saying. And I'm going to buy a red hat, a MAGA hat, and I'm <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just like being in different cities and towns. I like traveling is what it is. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 this is a nice it's a nice city. It kind of reminds me of. Uh, just any like the so this place it, it just reminds me of uh I guess like a neighborhood no I don't I don't think I've ever I don't know what I'm saying what the hell am I saying maybe I'll edit that part out but it's nice and if it seems like they're trying to uh I don't know if you can gentrify a white place can a white can a white area be gentrified Maybe they're just putting up new construction. You know what it is? They're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to revitalize this area. That's what it looks like. That's what they're doing with Hackensack, and it seems like they're doing that like where I live and in different areas, and they're doing the same here. But um, I found this restaurant online before I came up here, looking at like restaurants, best restaurants in Austin. Came upon this place called Sloan's. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to I got to check this out. Um, and I just it was kind of late. So I was just like, oh, but I still want to eat something. So I got some it's like this just comfort food, salad, sandwiches, and they had wings. I said, I'll just get some a couple wings and fries and I'll. Uh, so I did that. The wings, some of the best wings I ever had in my life. Uh just really juicy buffalo wings, nice sauce, nice, uh, really good sauce. Uh, um, the fries were good. They're like these thinly cut fries, uh, almost look like onion, like, um, almost look like fried onions a little bit, but they, they were really good and they, it, it hit the spot. And then since it was my birthday, I normally don't do desserts. This is my, my birthday week. I don't normally do desserts, but um, uh, I, I got there. They call it the Funfetti cake, which is just a like a buttercream layer cake and a little tiny scoop of ice cream. It was really good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. I'm tempted to go back and try something else. I believe there's one of their specialties is like macaroni and cheese and pot roast. And they said they did this. They've got this item that's like called that's called the bear, which is based on the TV show, uh, like an Italian beef sandwich. Uh, I'm sure I'm not. I wasn't ever a big fan of Italian beef. I think maybe I got um, put off by it because when I worked at Best Buy in Chicago, when they make us work long days, specifically for uh, Black Friday, they would just buy a shit ton of Italian beef for us and it would be sitting out there sitting in the break room all day and it just would not be not very uh, pleasing. So I'm sure that theirs is probably good. Like when she was telling me about it, she said, we got this item called the bear and it's like this, uh, this Italian. I was, I was like, what is it's like? It's like a show. I, like, I lived in Chicago. I, I know what you're talking about. And I was like, I'm just not a big fan. But then I was just thinking about they probably do something. Their variation is probably good. And it's not going to be some shit that was sitting out 
all day in a fucking break room. So I'm sure it's good. But if you're if you're in this area, definitely check out Sloan's if you get a chance. Um, yeah. So, oh, I wanted to I wanted to read a review. We got another. We got another review for the pod. And this is this is from AJ Gaiman, who uh, <laughs> I don't know if it if it's he or she, but a couple weeks ago uh, they wrote a, a post like, yeah, I know something about me being like repping for Houston, even though I'm not from there. And I read it and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know if this was for my show, but uh, I I do like Houston. <laughs> I don't know what I said about that, but uh, I, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously love Warren Moon. He played for the Houston Oilers. You know, Eddie George played. Well, now they're the, they're the Titans now, but I, I don't know if they moved when he was in the league, when he first started playing. I'm not 100% sure. I think maybe I used him and used the Oilers in Madden and did the throwback with him. Let me look that up before I get into this review. I'm go- And this is what we do. We go on tangents, and I'm just going to Google Eddie George, because why not? It's content. I don't know if he... Eddie George is 50. Still looks 25. Let's see. What is... Okay. I want to see where he... NFL. Yeah, he did. So, 96. 96. It was the Houston Oilers when he got drafted. And then they became the Titans the year after. Okay. Yeah. So, let me let me read AJ. AJ Gaiman's. Uh, <laughs> he, they, I'm not sure if it was a guy or a gal. Uh, oops. You're right. That review was meant for another podcast. But you are still one of my f- top five podcasts, and you ain't five. Well, AJ Gaiman, I, I really appreciate that. It it uh it makes me feel good that that you enjoy the show. I, I really appreciate it, and I, that I'm in your top five. That's always nice to hear. I mean, this is this is a this is a a very uh, lo-fi podcast that I always say. If anything, this is a journal. This is a a live journal of uh of somebody trying to do something. My uh. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, you, it chronicles my life um, for the past uh, 11, 11 years almost. Yeah, I think in March it'll be 11 years. Um, subscribe to the Patreon. Keep this thing going. This is a good show. Um, the people that subscribe, you really help out the show. You, I'm able to get, for the most part, it pays for, it definitely pays for, uh, the the web hosting and it pays for um zoom i believe yeah it pays for zoom so i can talk to people get and talk talk to guests and stuff and some of the streaming so that i can get that i can use i can talk about movies and all that jazz the stuff but yeah subscribe to this if you really like the show three bucks a month hours hours and hours of bonus content this week earlier this week um, had uh, Dr. Veronica Paredes, Dr. P. She was on the show she, to talk True Detective. So I was glad to get her because she's 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 somewhat elusive at times. And and we and I, I was thinking about doing a, a recap of True Detective 
And I was just like, oh, because it's a detective show, you know, I, I'm I'm really into those. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I'm not gonna have enough time for that. Um, and then when when we kind of we were texting about it, just about the show, like asking her what she thought, and uh, and then she's like, I want to come on and talk about the show with you. I was like, all right, cool, bet. So anytime somebody like that reaches out and wants to be a part of the show, I'm. I'm always there for it, but that's behind the paywall, folks. And we had a good time. I I I liked I liked the season. I don't know. Everybody's all always up in arms, and I think some of that bullshit is for for the clicks. Um, they do the same shit for The Last of Us. Everybody talks about how they hate that game, and they're always making videos on it. They're always. I think the algorithm knows that I uh, love Ellie and Company. So that's always going to pop up on my feeds and especially on my YouTube. If you make a Last of Us video and the thumbnail is attractive enough, I will probably click on it for a bit. Um, but I do. I, I might get back into it, but I, I still have not finished Forspoken. I have not played. I don't think I've played any. Any story based games. Is this what having a girlfriend does to you? You don't play any video games anymore. I don't know how much I like. <laughs> I don't know how much I like that. No, I think it's just life in general, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just haven't played. I did. I do like playing that. That Last of Us No Return. That is really fun. Um, I was surprised at how much I would like that. Cause you know I'm gonna support the I'm gonna support Naughty Dog, and you know I'm gonna get it. It was only ten bucks, but actually playing the gameplay, that gameplay is I don't know if that's un, that's got to be unmatched gameplay. People love that game. I'm not as skilled as some of these other people that spend. Some people post videos that say like ten thousand hours of. Uh oh, I think. Uh, 10,000 hours of like gameplay and they just they just slaughter people uh, but anyway um, so this my birthday was on Wednesday my uh, Hank Aaron year um, I have to make some achievements this year because Hank Aaron was an achiever the late great Hank um, it was a great birthday I, I most people take off on their birthday, I I didn't, but I knew that I was taken off uh, yesterday, um, which is Friday at the time of recording, um, and I had a anyway like you I I had a good TPS report week, uh, and that was good, and um, just busy just learning learning the new job. Constantly learning because it's a it's a it can be a difficult job at times, uh, but things have slowed down a little bit and then we'll ease into some uh, different um, highs and lows of like busy times. But the busy seasons normally you always during like the fall through January. So happy about that. Um I'm, I've got the I've got NBA an NBA game on mute the the Clippers and the 
and the Thunder. I like this NBA package on YouTube. I think it's pretty cool because you can watch old games. You can watch you can not old games, but you can watch games, recent games. If you miss one, if you wanted to see something. So I, I like having it on mute. It's very comforting. But speaking of the NBA, Kevin Durant was playing the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, when was this? Well, this post, this article is from yesterday. So maybe Thursday this happened. Kevin Durant, this is TMZ Sports. Kevin Durant confronts a fan who called him a bitch. Phoenix Sun superstar Kevin Durant had a pregame exchange with two fans ahead of Thursday night's game, confronting the Mavericks, confronting the Mavericks supporters after being called a bitch. The whole exchange was captured on video, showing KD running out of the tunnel for warm-ups, but coming to a screeching halt after hearing the word hurled his way. Durant quickly approached two fans who appeared to have a to have great seats for the game, and they went back and forth for a good 30 seconds before the two-time NBA champ waved his hand in disgust and rejoined his teammates. Of course, the NBA has a kick history of kicking heckling fans out of games at a player's request, and it appeared the pair of Dallas backers were about to be escorted out of American Airlines Center before Durant return, returned to the scene and intervened. Um, it's unclear what was said between Durant and the fans, but according to reporter Jonah Javad, the Hooper saved them from getting the boot. As for the game, Durant finished with 23 points and six rebounds, but the Suns fell to the Mavs 20, 123 to 113. So, um, yeah, these people pay. So I, I looked up how much, on average, what those tickets would be and where they were sitting. It looks like they were sitting um, like behind, behind the the goal so they had the what do you call that area they were sitting behind the basket and those seats are like 1500 bucks a piece and one of the explanations the woman said that the the guy said his his best friend died and the woman he was with was her was his sister and I guess his sister used to call Kevin Durant a bitch so that was how she was giving a tribute to her brother by calling Kevin Durant a bitch and they were the the woman was like holding her hand out so he could give her a dap or give or give her a high five or shake her hand it's it's bullshit man these people pay I, I don't I would not pay like three grand to just call somebody a bitch you're there to watch greatness you're there to watch somebody do something that you can't do at a high level some of the most talented athletes that you'll ever see but i think it's that ownership and they don't do that to they don't do that to black players it's a predominantly black league and they think because they pay that money they can talk shit it's racism it's they, they think that they're not people there's there's jealousy involved. We talked to talk about this stuff for years. Um and it doesn't and it pisses me off every time. And and God bless Kevin Kevin Durant showing class. Uh he told, stopped them from getting kicked out. I don't know if I wouldn't but, but black people we always have to be the bigger person. 
and um, and be professional. Except for the the malice in the, the at the palace, and then you want to try to you want to vilify those people for defending themselves. I don't know. I just I just couldn't fathom uh, just being like that and heckling. One time though, my dad. I think I talked about this. My dad said, but this happened. It was probably before I was born. When the Wizards played in, when the Bullets played in Baltimore, and my dad heckled or said something, I remember he told me uh, he heckled Wes Unseld, and Wes Unseld, the late great Wes Unseld, big huge dude. How tall was Wes Unseld? Let me see. Uh, how tall was he? Six seven, and my dad. It was like a like five nine, and he said something to Wes Unseld. Like, I don't know what he said. I forgot what he had said to him, and Wes just looked at him. It was loud enough for him to hear it wherever my dad was sitting, and my dad like backed off. You know, you don't, you just, you don't. And as great of a man as as great as a man of my, my father was, that was out of pocket. I just would have never. I would have never. Uh, I don't know. Especially if the guy can kick your ass. Just fucking end you with like a poof. But it's just, it's just the dis it's the disrespect. And is it is it latent racism? What does latent mean? Existing but not yet developed or manifested manifested. Hidden or concealed. Yeah, that's about right. It, it, and it, it's really not hidden, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. That that stuff just pisses me off. But good on good on Kevin Durant for being uh, literally the bigger person and and a bigger bigger person when it comes to being a decent guy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did. I said I had a good birthday. I I I, I just hung out with my girlfriend. Went out to dinner. Uh, had some uh, had some like uh, pulled pork tacos they were so good and it was just like a really nice really nice uh, it was really good it was just a nice chill night and um, I, w- I was trying to go to the movies but uh, didn't so I, I think what I'll do I'm going to review a couple movies before we get out of here and um i think i think i'm gonna see drive away dolls because i hear that's good um it looks good so i'll i'll see that and maybe i'll i'll uh do a do a, a patreon review or something um yeah but the birthday was sure technically oh technically though uh, I kind of I kind of started my birthday on the 18th because I went to see a play. I've had this birthday tradition of I think within the last few years, I try to see a play and I try to see a black play. Um, I saw this play at the Signature Theater on the 18th called Sunset Baby, which is by Dominique Morisau. She's. She's from Detroit. I don't know if she's still if she lives in in Detroit still, but 
she's from Detroit. And because um, I think I might have said something about that uh, in a in a past episode within the past couple of weeks. But um, I'd seen her show Skeleton Crew in Connecticut right before the I think it might have been right before the pandemic. And it was fantastic. One my one of my friends, um, he said that he and his wife had seen it and he said it was a good show and it is a terrific show. They did it on Broadway. Um, ooh, was it right? I think it might have been after Broadway kind of came back, I believe. But anyway, it's a that's a terrific show. She's a great playwright. I've read a bunch of her stuff. And um, I was like, I got to I got to see this. And initially, I, 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 I didn't realize who was in the cast. So until like I doubled back and was like, oh, shit, Russell Hornsby is in this. Russell Hornsby is one of my favorite actors. Um, he. um I first saw him in this in this show called Gideon's Crossing, what was which came out on it was like I think it was an ABC series um, that came out in 2000. And he was like this young doctor. And this is around the time where, yeah, like I, I was probably like a might have been a sophomore or junior in college when it came out. And he was like so cool. And he was like playing a doctor. And in my dream as a kid, as a young as a young man was to play like a doctor or a lawyer or cop or something on a procedural. Um, And Gideon's Crossing uh, was. um, Led by the late, great Andre Brower, um, who I was for. I think I might have talked about this when he passed. Um, I drove three and a half hours to see him on stage at the Williamstown Theater Festival. And now that he's gone, for somebody you think you're going to have for a longer longer time as just a fan of his work, and it was like that meant so much to me because I remember I was like, uh, I got to see this play. <laughs> I'm going to... Because I, I, I think it happened at one point. Uh, I, I had bought a ticket for it, and I had booked... I had gotten booked to do to work like good money to do stand up somewhere. And um, I was like, fuck it. I'll just eat the ticket and I'll, I'll find a way I'll go back. So I ended up getting to see him in that show. But anyway, I was like seeing Russell Hornsby who who's he's, I think he's 50. So he's like six or seven. How old is he? I think he is 50 years old. I looked this up before. Uh, Russell Hornsby. So he's 49. I'm assuming he'd, he'd probably turn 50. Yeah, 74. So he's six years ahead of me, six years older. So when I first saw him, I thought, oh, this dude is cool. He had like a fro and he had the glasses going. And so he would have been like 26 and just like killing it, you know. And I was like, oh, shit, I want to like. I want to go like that. That made me say, okay, I want to go to grad school. I want to train. I want to get, get, get good. And then, and you know, now he's the dad on BMF. That's like cheating on his wife and shit. The five starter crew, man, <laughs> they be making fun of him and shit. Um, 
his character and stuff. So, uh, yeah, like that's where he's at now. And tons of other tons of other uh, movies and films, uh, Fences, Lincoln Heights, Hate You Give. And um, it was great. So the, this play is about this young woman who's uh, a criminal, takes place in the early 2000s. And she's living in the in East New York in Brooklyn, and she has a boyfriend. They, you know, they they like they're scheming, trying to find their way out of the hood and trying to get that lick, stacking their money so they could like leave the country. And it's it stars uh, Moses Russell Hornsby, Moses Ingram, who was the black girl on uh, the Queen's Gambit. And she also was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's a black girl that they was talking about her hair. I think I talked about it um, whenever that show came out. I remember using one of her pictures as a as like a little promo for the show when I post on tw- on Twitter and Tumblr and stuff. And and J. Alphonse Nichols. J- how, how do you is it Nicholson? J. L. J. Alphonse Nicholson, who is on, who's a, a talented stage actor. He was on the Clone Tyrone, but he's mainly known for being on P Valley. Um, and uh, he was in it, too. So it was a good show. And she's estranged from her dad, who's played by Russell Hornsby, who was a uh, like a Black Panther, a revolutionary uh, guy. And uh, that's where the conflict is. And it was 110 minutes. So it was like. Uh, no intermission, and those are my favorites. Where it's just no intermission, they get right to the point, they they get to it, and and you're out. And it was fun because it was it was a matinee, um, so that was great. Like so, I I got to do that. Um, I I was happy to get tickets for that, so I enjoyed that. So if you're in if you're in the New York area and you're interested in, interested in seeing something black, um, see it before March 10th. Tickets aren't bad. I think they were like, you know, like 40, 40 bucks or something. I don't know. Something. They weren't bad. And we were front row. We were just right there. So after the show, I was talking to this lady. We just, I was just waiting for my girlfriend to come back from the bathroom. And we're standing there and, and talking to this woman. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I go see a lot of plays and. And she's like, I don't want to miss it. Um, I didn't want to miss it. I was talking about telling my girlfriends I wanted to see it. And my girlfriend wouldn't return my call or my text. So I, I just came. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, I understand. I totally understand. Like some of these things like this, if you really want to see it, just go by yourself. And I get it. Um, and and we, my girlfriend comes back and we're kind of talking, shooting the shit. And uh, and. Then Russell Hornsby comes out and I just said, I, I said, like, great job, Russell. And I said, my name's Chris Lambert. And uh, I th- I said, I've been a big fan of you of yours since Gideon's Crossing. And right when I said that, his eyes got big. He was like, wow. <laughs> and he was really nice. He was like, wow, OK. And I, I said that, you know, we have a mutual friend in common i said my friend's name he said oh yeah i know her yeah she's got a beautiful soul i know her and i said i don't want to take up too much of your time but just respect you know and he was real cool so it was that was nice to kind of be uh um 
to get to say that to him. I should have said, part of me feels like I said, I wanted to go, I went to grad school because of him, but uh, I don't know. I didn't want to freak him out. And I didn't want to be, I'm an, I'm an actor too, so, you know, um, but I don't want to be a fucking douche. You know, like, like, this is like what comics don't like is like, or, or, no, no, no. I, yeah, but com- I don't know if comics, like if somebody comes up to you and they'll say like, mm, they'll say something like, they're with their girl, like they might say, oh, my girlfriend likes you, but, you know, I, I just, c- celebrities or people that are in entertainment, sometimes they'll say like, like a thing of like jealousy where it's like, I, my girlfriend wanted to come, so... I just came, but you're good. You're pretty good, you know, instead of just like having like being humble enough to be like, hey, that that was great. Blah, blah, blah. I hope I work, get to work with him one day. That's what I'd like to do. You know, God willing, knock on wood or whatever this thing is in this hotel. Um, And then um, my girlfriend was like, oh, what about J. Alphonse? I was like, he's married. We're not we're not waiting. (laughs) I was like, oh, you now you're trying, and he and I, I was like, she tried to, she tried to, her and the 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 lady was like, oh, what about Jay? Jay is he coming out? I was like, oh God, so it was fun. That that's a terrific play. Um, see it if you can. That was fun. The next thing I'm excited about is going to uh, I have tickets for to see this play called The Effect. It's like this avant garde British play that they did over there in London. And uh, it's got Taylor Russell and I love Taylor Russell and it's only playing for a month. And when my tickets from the Warriors game got refunded to me, I used that to to get tickets for that. So. That's next in a couple weeks, actually. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I always wanted to see like some like one of those cool plays that they're like this play is monumental. It's got I think Papa Esido from uh, I May Destroy You. If you watch that, so it looks like it's gonna be pretty cool. And I think it's one of those like 90 minute shows where there's no intermission. It looks it looks like it's gonna be fun. So that's that. Uh, I want to get into. Uh, I got one TV recommendation, and then we'll talk a couple movies, and I'll, I'll get you out of here. Uh, how long have I been blabbing to you guys? No, oh, 40, 40 minutes or so. Okay. Um, I got one recommendation. I just started watching this. Um, I thought I had, you know, I thought I had my stuff up. This, this movie, this TV show, sorry, TV show called Champion. And it's a it's a series on Netflix. I don't know if it's limited or what. Well, this this is what it says here. This is what the Google blurb says. An eight part musical series featuring the champion siblings, Bosco and Vita, who risk a musical rivalry, the ramifications and fallout of which could drive their family apart in their quest for musical stardom. Rapper Bosco attempts a comeback while his dutiful sister discovers that her own talent could take her to the top. It's champion versus champion in a love letter to South London rap. I really like this so far. I'm only uh, I've I'm on episode three. I finished two episodes. 
So basically, Bosco is the rapper, um, and we find out. So he's 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 been locked up, and he comes out. They're celebrating the fact that he comes out, and he's trying to make a comeback. And uh, his sister, we soon find his sister Vita, is really talented, and she has been ghostwriting pretty much all of his shit. So she is behind this the success of Bosco and she's she's more of a like it it seems like when when she's doing some of these scenes the Vita character who's played by Deja Bowens um Malcolm Kamulet plays Bosco this Deja Bowens uh woman is uh <laughs> really good I mean I don't know who writes those raps but her singing is really good. Like the second episode, she gets. This is where where the revelation happens. Where like you can see that she's clearly talented. Like she's doing this one song, where they like, oh, they're like, oh, you're good. Come to the studio. So she goes to the studio, and she's singing this song that they wrote for her. And it's like, yeah, this is gonna sell because this is sexy. And you could see that she's like getting through it where it would be good but then she's she's like oh if this came on the radio like it's a it's a it's what the young kids call a bop i guess i don't even know if they call it that anymore but whatever it is it's like oh this would i would shazam this if i was in a bar and she's like i can't do that she's like, I can't. It, it's not even super dramatic or anything but just as someone who's seen a lot of tv she's like i can't do this anymore let's just kind of flip this and like she does something that she's written and it's and it's like oh this is fucking dumb she's like really talented her voice and everything it's just like a nice jam uh and they're like holy shit so we're at the point where like shit is bubbling and she's already kind of left her friend out the pasture like her girlfriend who you find you see in like i think maybe the i think the first episode that they used to sing together and they would write she would write songs for them to sing and you could clearly see that Jesus Christ these women are talented they're fucking good so um it's starting it's shaping up to be a really uh interesting show and I like I always kind of I just enjoy music like that when they're like on the come up or trying to do stuff and or when the people that are actually doing the music are talented it's kind of like how you know i felt about uh that show the, the show that brandy did was was pretty good uh what's the show that, the queens or something i don't know let's see what is that show now i went off on a tangent another one i i just think if there's there's gotta be if you make this podcast try to make it more fun you have a drinking game, like I said last week, with uh, Morgan Campbell. Shout out to Morgan Campbell. That was so fun to talk to him. If you don't, um, you should really check out my fighting family. I don't know how you consume your media when it comes to books, but if you um, try the audio book or, you know, buy the book, like he said, check it out of your library. It's It's really good. And you'd be supporting a friend of the pod. Uh, what is this show called? Queens. I was right. Okay. Only lasted one season, I think. And it was fun. Like, th- that stuff was fun. I like shows like that. And I liked Nashville. 
Uh, those people were really talented on that show. Um, but, 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 but I recommend Champions. It's really good so far. Um, okay, let's do some movies. I saw One Love, the Bob Marley movie. Um, you know, let me let me uh, go to my profile here, and I can I can click on. Well, I didn't. Let's see. I'll read you the blurb. First, he changed music, then he changed the world. Jamaican singer-songwriter Bob Marley overcomes adversity to become the most famous reggae musician in the world. It stars Kingsley Ben-Adir and Lashana Lynch. I thought that those two were good. The acting's good, but um, the movie as a whole just kind of, it just, I gave it three stars. And the reason I gave it three stars was because of the two leads. They were good. The acting was very good. Throughout the whole movie, all the acting's good. But it was just kind of... I almost don't want to say it was like a paint-by-numbers thing. It's not something you got to go to the theater to see. And from somebody who didn't know much about Bob Marley, like, I was left wanting more. Um, It just... It was just like very average. And I think it's probably due to the fact that uh, his family was involved. I believe Ziggy Marley intros the movie. And it was just kind of like, you know, it didn't get dark or it didn't get deep. It didn't get into the, I guess they said he cheated on his wife a bunch. They brought it up a little bit. Uh, But. Yeah, it's just kind of there. It, it didn't really. Um, yeah. It was just all right. So that's that. Um, it was just I right. when it comes out on streaming, if it's streaming somewhere, you could it's definitely worth checking out, but not you not you spending uh, 20 bucks for a ticket. You can you can wait. I think you'd be you'd be like, all right, I'm entertained by that. You know, the next one. Uh, I don't know why this. Uh... So the next movie that I saw was Madam Web, the infamous Madam Web. Her web connects them all forced to confront revelations about her past. Paramedic Cassandra Webb. Forges a relationship with three young women destined for powerful futures if they can all survive a deadly present. This stars Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merced, and Celeste O'Connor. Isabella Merced is not... That's not... Uh, she's not the one in, in The Last of Us, is it? Is she? I don't think she is. I don't think that's her. That's someone else. That is someone else. Oh, yeah, she is. Okay. I was right. She's Dina in The Last of Us. All right. Um, n- this movie... It was a waste of a good cast, for one thing. I think it was... I think this was the script. More so than... I gave it two and a half stars because the cast was interesting. 
I like the cast. I was, I mean, you got Dakota, so Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merced, Mike Epps, Adam Scott, Zoja Mamet, like a solid little cat. Jill Hennessy, um, just and I didn't have and I don't know. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't that mad at it because I didn't know what to expect. But the fact that everybody hated this online just made me want to see this movie. I was like, okay, I gotta. I guess I gotta see this now because of the. I don't know if I was trying to go for a train wreck, but I was just like, it's not a train wreck. It's just, and most people online are just gonna. They're gonna come up with all this stuff where I mean, either they they know the comics or they, um are wanting to see something but i think the fact is they they keep trying to tease spider-man and have all these sony is has all these spider-man peripheral movies because they don't really have uh and they they don't they never show spider-man so venom was pretty successful um it was successful it made a lot of money um the Craven movie, I guess, is the last one that's coming out. And they wanted to, I guess they wanted to soft launch the Spider Girls. And they, in the trailer, they showed these girls kicking ass in their uniforms and their costumes. But they didn't, they, you only see it for like a couple seconds in the movie. And because this movie did so bad, uh, got panned. I guess they're not going to do it. I don't know. Let me see what box office mojo. Let me see what they what they got going on. Um, so Bob Mar. Oh, that's the latest dailies. So Thursday it made 1.6 million. Bob Marley did 800K for Madam Web. Last weekend, February 16th through 18th. Bob Marley, 28 million. Because that's all that's out. Bob Marley, Madam Web, 15.3. Um, this has become harder and harder to read, to understand. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm slow. Maybe I got to. Uh, but you can look at it and see and see the breakdown. Let me see the weekly. February 16th through 22nd. Let's see what we got. So total gross, total gross for Bob Marley is 57 million. Madam Web, 29 million. How much, what was the budget for Madam Web? What was the budget for Madam Web? 80 million. Yeah, Sony reported the film had final, had a final production budget of 80 million. Though the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline both reported that sources indicated the cost of the film could have been in the low 100 million range. Let me see what was the budget for One Love. 70 million. So at least Bob Marley is getting closer and closer to their 70 million dollar budget. So maybe they'll hopefully they break even. It's only been out for two weeks, so I'm I'm assuming they would. I hope they do. Yeah, but nobody's, you know, they're not reporting that loss for Madam. Well, they're panning it. They people hate it, so they are talking about it that way. But just 
the uh, language that they're using for these black movies. I haven't really, nobody's really said much about this one love movie. It's not that much to say, but at least they're make they're close to sixty, so they're like thirteen million away from uh, at least breaking even. Argyle, thirty eight million total gross. Migration, one hundred seventeen million. Wonka, two hundred twelve million. Anyone but you is well. They brought that back to the theater and it's streaming now. I still want to see that. They said that was a hit. What was the budget for anyone but you? Let's see, and then I will get the hell out of here. Anyone but you. That could be a fun uh, movie. Twenty-five million. So. Okay, so yeah, that's a hit. That's a hit. Sixty. Twenty. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Eighty-five million. Yeah. Wow. I do want to see that. But I guess you pay 20 bucks, you can own it. Huh. Yeah, I enjoyed... I, I want to see Sydney Sweeney being something where she's not uh, going through so much stress. A fun rom-com would be good. So, yeah, I just never got to the... Excuse me, never got to the theater to see it. But, um... Yeah, uh, it looks like Drive-Away Dolls is going to be something that's going to be fun. And you got Dune 2 coming out next week. So I, I'm i going to say we're starting the spring slash summer movies coming out. It seems like the good ones are going to start to come out. I haven't heard much on Argyle, um, but I do want to see it. I will see it eventually. Um, okay. I think I've blabbed enough. Um, Patreon folks hope to have you'll get something. You'll get your you'll get your quota, but I'm hoping that we'll get we'll get do something really fun. I think that you guys might enjoy uh, really soon. I don't I'm gonna just teasing it. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all, and I will talk to you all. How many times can I say you all? Uh, I'll talk to you folks next time. Take it easy, everybody.